0: Welcome to the Audio-ish Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and today we've got a special guest because Pete is not going to join us today. But Jeff, who I spoke about in our last episode, is here. Jeff, why don't you say hello? How's it going, Mike? It's going great, man. So uh, awesome. we, uh, we've we been talking about quite a bit of audio over the last Probably six months or so. I think it's probably been about six months you've gotten into it.
1: Yeah, about six months of, um, you know, me going to the cherry store and and buying the stuff with you, and you know, um, yeah, that was a start, uh, pretty yeah. much.
0: So uh, in the last episode, I talked a little bit about. I know you had a chance to listen to it, but I I talked a little bit about uh, your two channel system, and uh, kind of told the audience already some of the steps that you would taken and. Like uh, like Pete started out with headphones. We started out with the uh, Fidelios, and then we went to the 565Cs, and then in the episode I couldn't remember what uh, focal focal headphones you bought. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what you got?
1: Yeah, so I I started with the uh, Fidelios. Um, I really like them, you know, with the with the cables that you gave me, and um, we ended up uh, I ended up getting. The 565Cs, which was a really good headphone. However, the uh, one of the uh, pads, the the cushion pads, ended up coming off. So I returned it. I didn't have it for very long. I think I had it for a couple weeks. Right. And um, I had seen a really good deal on the Focal Allegias. I, you know, I so say I think they were being discontinued at uh, at the time. So uh, got a really good deal on it. And um, Bought the headphones, you know, tried them out with the um, AudioQuest Dragonfly Red, which uh, at the time, you know, I had purchased. And uh, it was fantastic music coming out of uh, the Focals. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. And I had a chance to listen to them as well. And they're, they're very impressive. And, and I had a different experience with the M565Cs than you. I've had mine now for probably, I'm going to say, at least a year and they're, they're awesome. And I still listen to them. I now listen to them almost daily. I was using the uh, Fidelio's at night. I'll listen to Tidal in bed when I'm getting ready to go to sleep. And um, I've switched over to the 565C's as kind of my daily headphone. They're not as comfortable as the Fidelio's. Um, but, you know, the wife next to me is not listening to my music almost as loud as, as I hear it. with the 565s because they are closed back and um, the Fidelios obviously being an open back are a lot louder outside of the headphones.
1: Right, yeah, I kind of have the same situation, you know, sometimes my kids end up coming to sleep and I don't want them to necessarily not fall asleep because of the headphones, so I end up listening to the uh, vocals more than the uh, Fidelios, but the Fidelios, the because it's an open back, I think the, the, the sound stage is much bigger, and you know, no question. Um, I, I feel the bass more in that uh, also.
0: I would agree. I think being a, a planar magnetic headphone, the, the M565Cs may not go as low in terms of bass, or the 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 response may not be as as good when it when it's down low um, as the as the Fidelios are. I think they they definitely there's more bass at the bottom for me anyway. But I think that's kind of the design of a planar magnetic. I think it's speed, it's accuracy. Those are the things you pick up, right? And that that mid-range in the in the Planar magnetic is just spectacular. But that's just my impression.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. So you know, those are the headphones that that I have. Um, like I said, I don't have the uh, 565Cs no more. Um, but we started with a Cambridge Audio uh, AXR85 AXR is the amp. It's a right. 85 that was the
0: first amp that you bought from Jerry? Yep. Yep. yep.
1: And that was paired with a um, JM Labs Focal Chorus 725s. Um, they had, I want to say there was two woofers, one mid-range, and a tweeter. Correct. Um, yeah, so. I
0: thought they were the 726s, but, but you reminded me they were the 725s.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was a nice setup. I mean, the speakers are fantastic. You know, it sounded really phenomenal. But you know, like you covered in the uh, the other episode, when I took them home, it, the it just did not sound right at all. Um, there was some some so the the highs were right on point, right. mids were right on point, and there was something going on with the bass. There was like a muddy bass issue of some sort, and um, you quickly pointed out that I had. One of the cables um, connected incorrectly. Right. Uh, once we fixed that, it, it was it was way better. But it, there was still a bass issue that was going on. So try to play around with it a little bit. Um, you know, I, I played around with the settings. The uh, Cambridge Audio has um, high and bass and, and treble. Correct. Yeah. You yeah. can you can adjust them and that really didn't solve the problem either. So um, I ended up going back to Jerry and uh, purchased a used subwoofer. It was a, I wanna say it was a Yamo uh, 410 um, sub that he had and, and put that in there. That, that corrected most of it and I was able to take the, the base out of the, the equation on the amplifier, so.
0: Right, yeah, and you and I talked about this at that time. That's not how you wanna correct a system you know changing the uh the bass and treble on the amp i mean maybe to fine-tune a tiny little bit but if you're turning the bass all the way up to try and get some bass there's there's a problem there's a there's a problem somewhere else
1: right yeah so it it was uh i i I don't know if it was the speakers it was just not a good mix of amp and speaker uh, combined i'm not really sure um, what what was going on but I, I had the system for a little while, and uh, then, then I ended up going and trading the Cambridge Audio um, and the and the speakers um, on, on two Focal um, uh, speakers that were a lot newer. I mean, they were brand new, so when I, right. when I got those, um, they're floor standers, and um, I think they're Chlora 826s. Um, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and um, I know you went with a a, a pretty high end isolating rack, which I talked about in the last episode.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was a company called Soundations. Um, they make these custom audio racks, and this is like the entry level of, of the racks. I mean, they have racks going to you know five 000, six thousand dollars. Right. Um, mine was a thousand dollars. I spent on it. it it's uh, it's red it's painted red um the the wood portion of it i've
0: seen it it's it's beautiful
1: yeah it's uh the wood portion of it is made i think hand carved the the rest of it is not but you know it it looks very nice and and it has a lot of um isolation you know whatever these uh
0: well i remember the the rack being um each of the shelves were like a thick glass as well so there's a lot of weight in the in the rack which is important yeah when, uh, when trying to isolate the you know the heavier the rack is certainly the better um, sound deadening or isolation
1: yeah and it has the spikes on the bottom as well so um, and at the same time I had done some room changes um, and gotten a much thicker carpet in the room so I think that that all helped in, in, in the end anyway um,
0: sure yeah and you know in the last episode I was touching on room correction, speaker placement. And when I came over to your house and, and listened to your your setup, I think we, we played around with the speakers a little bit more in a an uh, orientation of angle, I think, instead of back wall, front wall placement. But uh, right. I think we, we did change the angle a little bit.
1: What was it that I didn't have them tilted in enough?
0: Correct. I, I think when we played with it a little bit, I think moving them in slightly... Seemed to uh, sharpen the imaging a little bit. We didn't lose any sound stage, and, and I think we just found a better overall placement for them.
1: Right. Yeah, so, you know, just to get a background of, of you know, how I got involved, you know, my interest into um, audio is in, I've always been interested in audio and electronics, and I've built amps and stuff before, but I never realize that there's a whole nother area to this um that's you know the high-end audio like i've never heard music like that i mean i can design an amp and you know
0: yeah and you know you and i've talked about this before and i've talked about this in some of the previous episodes my uh, my experience in in audio started when i was a kid and my dad had a very high-end system and i was into electronics as well and putting together Heath kits and uh, you had a similar childhood where you were putting together kits of different types and building you know small transistor radios and and other electronic circuits so right um, you know that that's something that we both share and then audio for me i was exposed by my friend ej and then i think unfortunately for you i exposed you to high end audio and now you've yep. got the uh, you've got the bug
1: so definitely got the bug for sure <laughs> yeah
0: so and i did mention in the last episode that uh, you now have trouble listening to satellite radio or any other lower quality streaming. Audio, yeah, it satellite
1: radio just doesn't sound right at all.
0: No, it's too compressed.
1: No, it's and and what's funny is that you know we talk about Bose speakers and I you know before I really thought that Bose was was the you know it sounded fantastic, but it no longer does.
0: Yeah, you know, Pete and I had these conversations, and I don't remember if we talked on, on this podcast at length about Bose in general, but um, I, I felt the same way at one point, and I'm not talking bad about Bose, they right. just don't, any they don't sound good to me any longer. And I know prior to being exposed to really high-end audio, I thought they were great, and they have a, a lot of uh, marketing behind them, they've got a lot of, I know they've done a lot of research. And I know their stuff's not inexpensive, but to me today now, I don't like the way Bose speakers or products for that matter sound in general. But right. I'm not taking anything away from them. It's just not my taste.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a completely different world. Um, you know, even with the setup that I have, which I don't think is a hi-fi setup uh, per se i think it's more of a mid-fi i
0: think we would classify mid-fi now right you know now probably a good time to talk about the amp that you have because that's something that i didn't talk about because at that point in time when i recorded that you didn't have this amp that you have today so why don't you tell us what you've got why don't you tell us what your system is today
1: Yes, yeah, so I have um, the Focal Chlora 826s. Um, I have, I actually have two sets of speakers in the front, even though it's a two-channel system, and I have a uh, speaker switch um, that does the A and B. Right. Um, I have the Soundations rack. I For my main amp, I chose to go with a Macintosh. Um, it's a Macintosh, uh, I want to say it's a 6300, um, MA 6300 which is a integrated amp um, it has uh, only one, obviously one set of, set of speakers that's coming out of it um, it has all the, the pre-ins um, you have the option of isolating the uh, the integrated amp so you can use it as a main amp sure, power amp power amp, yep, yep. and um, it's uh, 120 watts per channel um, and I I want to say it's about ten to fifteen years old. Okay. But I got a great deal on it again, and um, you know I I got it with the original shipping box, and and the instructions were never opened, and you know somebody had it in a closet basically, and cool. Really like the amp. Um, yeah, sounds- they're
0: they're awesome, iconic. Those uh, those VU meters on the front are an iconic uh, signature for a Macintosh amp. And I have had a chance to listen to it and it's what you would expect. It's it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's uh it, it I really like the the music that it produces and I think the between the speakers that I have and the amp, um it, I think it's a pretty good match, um you know, I wanna say.
0: Yeah, I think we would call your system midfi. I think that, you know, you're certainly above your average consumer grade. Um you're not talking about um you know, monoblock tube amps, and you know, crazy source stuff, and and high, super high end DACs. I mean, you don't have a hundred thousand dollar system, but right. you're definitely way above a consumer grade system. So I would call it mid-flight, absolutely. Um, what about your source? What are you using for source?
1: So currently, I'm going from title um, on the computer into a AudioQuest Dragonfly Cobalt, right? Um, to a Set of um, cables that you had made for me,
0: correct? Um, yep. That
1: are I think they're. Um, I, I don't. They are.
0: They are pure silver. Correct. Yep. They're uh, they're balanced and they're three point five to RCA.
1: yep and that's going straight into the amp, and um, that, yeah, that's the the source that I'm using right now. Yeah,
0: um, and and I just want to back up real quick for anyone who's not familiar with what an integrated amp is. An integrated amp means that the the preamp and the power amp are in the same chassis so you can take source go directly into an integrated amp and you've got the ability to power a set of speakers where a preamp would take the source but it wouldn't have enough power to drive a set of speakers typically and you'd have to have a separate power amp but you know technology is is where it is today integrated amps are awesome and i'm currently running an integrated amp as well
1: yeah so, so what, what what do you have for an amp on my on uh,
0: my integrated amp is a Sim Audio Moon I three, which is probably at least ten years old and mm-hmm. still one of my favorite amps. And I've certainly had plenty, um, but it just does a whole lot of jobs all at once. It's got plenty of power and uh, it has the ability to isolate. The, uh, or to remove the preamp section so I can use two preamps, which, which I do at times. Um, it's just very versatile.
1: Yeah, and I've listened to your system, and it sounds fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with my current setup. Um, but I've had so many different setups over the years that uh, this one is, uh, is aesthetically pleasing to the spouse, and <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's acceptable for me. And I don't have a dedicated listening room at this point in time, at least not in this house. Um, so until that happens, I probably won't go crazy with equipment again, but who knows? Maybe right. maybe somebody out there listening will send us some equipment one day, some <laughs> some equipment manufacturer that we can test out. Right. So um, yeah. I just wanted to, uh, while we're talking about the, uh, the source, um, I got the... The AudioQuest Dragonfly Black. First, really enjoyed that. Um, with uh, I think I started out with the five sixty five Cs and then went to the Fidelios and then Pete. Not I, I started Pete down the journey. Handed him the Dragonfly Black, handed him a, a pair of headphones, and then he had my DAC and I missed it so much. I went and bought the the red. So I had the Audio Quest Dragonfly Red. Fell in love with that. I think I loaned you the red. Yep, you did. You uh, you couldn't do without the red. I think
1: you bought a I red. I bought myself one, yes.
0: And then you went from the red to the cobalt, which is a whole other level. Um, and then you, you came in and raved about the cobalt and how great it was over the red, which didn't seem possible to me because the red, I thought, was such an improvement over the black. Um, but I will say, I don't think I can listen to the black anymore the red still does a nice job uh, but the cobalt was such an improvement over the red even that I'm still surprised at how great a job the blue does and the blue only goes to 9600 or yes. a 90, yeah 96 K 96K, so, 96k yep yeah uh, which is really pretty amazing um, but in such a compact little unit to take up so little space basically the size of a thumb drive um, I'm, I'm impressed and I'm, I'm going to do a, a, an article on our website uh, reviewing the, the Cobalt because I, I did an article and there's a there's an, um, basically a review on our website of the Red which was a glowing review because I really loved it so now I've got to write about the Cobalt
1: yeah it's, it's, it's very different I mean if I'm listening to the headphones you know blue versus red you, there's a huge difference on, on the blue um, same thing with the with the Macintosh and the, the Focals and and, and in you can clearly hear the difference and you know the three hundred dollars or whatever it is it's fully worth it um, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and and I would say I mean I'm not saying that three hundred dollars is, is not a lot of money because it, it is to a lot of people, um, but if you're even considering one of these, th- th- at least from our experience, don't buy the black. And if you can afford to buy the cobalt, go right to the cobalt, because if you if you get the black, you're going to want the red. And then after you've had the red for a little while, which I think is $200, um, you're going to end up getting the cobalt. So yeah, definitely. if you can, just get the cobalt, get it over with, go right to the cobalt. Um, and there's other options out there. Just, this is the only, you know, portable DAC like this that I'm aware of that. That that I've actually owned. So I'm sure there's other ones out there that just as good or possibly better, but this is all I know in in the world of portable DACs.
1: Yeah, you know, talking about DACs, we um, I have a I also purchased a uh, Cambridge Audio DAC Magic 100. Um, you know, which is uh, which goes up to 196. Um, kilohertz.
0: 196
1: or 192. 192. I'm sorry. Um, the, the problem is I couldn't I haven't figured out how to get it to that high res on on my computer because it just goes to 96 and it stays there so I haven't really played around with it a whole heck of a lot but uh, at 96 even between that and the Dragonfly Cobalt there's a huge difference and and you know Cobalt being better
0: yeah I think um, did I loan you the, the the tabletop DAC that I had I have the uh, MX six I believe it was. No, I haven't. Um, really inexpensive DAC I bought from Parts Express. I think they had it on sale. It was, uh, it may have been forty dollars. So I don't know. It was really reasonable. Um, same thing. I think it goes to one ninety two. Might even go higher than that. I am gonna, I am gonna look real quick while while we're talking. Um, I think it might go a little bit higher than that, but my laptop doesn't have that option for the in Device Manager, so I don't. Right. I think that's what was holding me back. Um, but, uh, we'll have to work on that. Maybe somebody out there knows, uh, some, some way to help us out.
1: Yeah. So, you know, for the, for the rest of the setup, I have a, um, I purchased a Paradigm V10 subwoofer that, that I have placed, you know, on, on the left hand side of my, my whole rig setup, um, of, of audio equipment. Um, it's just a 10, 10 inch subwoofer, um, it, the interesting thing about this particular subwoofer is it only has one control um, in the back of it which is the volume it does not have a face adjustment um, nor does it have a frequency adjustment it just right. has a that's uh,
0: all done on your on your app right
1: correct and um... it uses so you know you download the the app on the phone on the iphone and it, it you know when you go through the setup process it, it Produces a a sound and you're supposed to go to different places that you would normally sit and it adjusts the uh, the face Accordingly and it actually surprisingly did a really nice job of it Um, There was you know, the the places that I sit at normally um, would be you know It it has a really good bass and and the, the subs not really pumping bass out. It's just breathing on the setup essentially right so yeah, I have a, the, the subwoofer, then I have um, two other speakers that I purchased. They're um, um, Elac Debut Reference DBR62s. Um, I also purchased them and I, and I have it on the AB switch. And I'm not really sure why I did that, but it it's um, I, I guess I wanted to have a comparison between floor standards and a subwoofer and or and bookshelves and a, and a subwoofer plane um, and and they sound very different um the vocals are a lot more airier they're they're you know the sound stage is very wide not that the elacs are bad or it, it sounds you know uh, bad or anything like that it just it's a very different sound that these little speakers produce
0: sure yeah and i think I, I've mentioned this in the previous episode that, that you had gotten a pair of ELACs um, and you and I had had some conversations about how not having woofers in the cabinet allow those bookshelf speakers to be a, a little more open, they're not as affected by the lower uh, frequencies and, and your sub is taking care of that right. separately and probably doing a better job You know, if, if, as long as it's crossed over properly. Um, and certainly, completely different sound than right. you'd get in a, a full-range floor-standing speaker.
1: Yeah, and the Elacs and also the Focal's—they're front-ported, so it allows me to utilize a lot more room. I mean, I can essentially push these things way up against a wall and not have a, a, a sound that's uh, booming. Booming. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's the word I was looking yeah. for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the last time you we were over at my house, when we were in the garage, I had those D3s that I would made years ago. Yes. Um, and uh, if anybody's interested in taking a look at those, I can put a link in the show notes as well. But um, on Parts Express, which they, they provide a lot of components to make your own speakers, which is something I was into for, for quite some time, um, there was a project, and it's still there in their project list. With all the specifications to make something that that somebody had submitted, it was kind of like instructables. Somebody had submitted this uh, uh, mid tweeter mid configuration. It was called the D3, um, and I built those. And you came over, and they're out in the garage. And it's not, a, it's certainly not a good environment for like a listening room. And you're like, wow, that, those sound really good. Now to me, the bass was a little boomy because they're rear ported, and because it was in the garage, they were close to the back wall, up on up on shelves. Um, but they, they actually sound really good. Um, and I, I listened to them for quite some time when I, when I completed them. So, but everything in those crossovers were all super high end, all the components I used the coils, the, the resistors, all that stuff was really high end stuff.
1: Now, what kind of amp is paired up with that? That's
0: a, an old Onkyo that I had. Gotcha. um so certainly I'm gonna say at least 20 years old maybe 25 years old good wow. good garage amp loved right. that thing um, had it for a long time bought it brand new and it just does a good job for the garage that's that's right. its job so um, and I'm looking all over the internet here trying to find this this exact DAC. so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get back to everybody on that one because I can't find it
1: oh the DAC magic 100. No, the one that I bought. I got yeah,
0: you. Yeah, I can't remember. I the, the things that look close to it are an FX Audio DAC X6, but that's that's not exactly it. So I'm, I'm going to have to
1: do a little more research. I think you might have said that you bought it at Amazon, possibly?
0: It is it is possible. I did buy a headphone amp uh, from Parts Express, a tube headphone amp from Parts Express. Um, so maybe that's what I was thinking. Um but I'm gonna to have to do a little research and, and figure out what exactly that DAC is. It actually works right. pretty well for, for as inexpensive as it was. Uh, so I'll get that info for everybody for the next episode. Awesome. So you've, uh, you, now that we're talking about making speakers, you've made some speakers?
1: I've made some speakers from Parts Express. I've made uh, two sets actually. One of them, I, I know what it's called, it's called a Samba. Um, I, I don't know exactly what model it is. Um, and I also made another set of smaller speakers. Um, again, I don't remember what the model numbers are. Maybe we can uh, put that in the, the, the comments.
0: Yeah, I can put that in the show notes later um, after I get this thing uploaded. I can put it on the website as well with some you know just some notations so everyone can go track this stuff down. But uh, I know the last time I was on the Parts Express website that the D3s were still there. I had to dig around a little bit, uh, but it is still... A great sounding uh, MTM, and if anyone's interested in building a speaker, that thing is from scratch. Though, I mean, I had right. to cut the MDF, um, you know, measuring and and you know, you need some tools. Yeah, you need s- a router, and you, you got to cut the, the the openings for the the speakers and everything. That, but to make it easier on everyone, especially if it's your first setup, and I think this is what you did. Parts Express sells kits that have the cabinets cut.
1: It's pre-cut. Yeah. You just put the pieces together and, you know, you just purchase a glue. I mean, you, any, any type, you know, you can go to Home Depot and, and buy the, the wood glue, uh, which I got the the higher grade one. Um, yep. I don't know what the difference is, but it, it uh, goes back together. I mean, you need some clamps to pull the, the pieces of wood together, um, and then you can paint it whatever color. You sand it and paint it, and that's really the only messy part of it, essentially. Um, everything else comes with it, so...
0: Yeah, um, I think the first set that I ever made from Parts Express, they were called the BR-1s, and they were a bookshelf, I think bookshelf reference ones, and the uh, the cabinets came done. They weren't finished, right? but the MDF was already assembled. They came, the boxes were, were complete, They're, the cabinets were complete. Um, you had to wire the crossover and install the crossover in the cabinet and put the stuffing in there and and uh you know mount the speakers and then finish the cabinets themselves but it was uh it was another step closer to being done than than what you put together at least you didn't have to glue anything Uh, it was mostly just assembly right but that was my entry into making speakers
1: yeah, they, these things sound very good. Actually, the the Samba um, set again. Like I said, I don't know what the the model number is, but they sound fantastic. Um, you know, I put them against the the Elax, and uh, they're not as good as the Elax, but they the the bass is there, um, and and the, the ports the the I don't know what it's called, but it, I guess it's a port in the back it's adjustable, so you okay. know you can yeah. vary it, yeah. and and depending on the distance, it it, it will vary that the base that it produces. Absolutely. Seriously. Yeah, the,
0: yeah, yeah. It'll have a really big impact on it. Um, when you're designing a speaker, there is a, a there is an optimal length for the uh, the port, and I'm not sure why they. I know I know there's other ones that have adjustable ports as well. Right. Uh, I guess it's hopefully to correct for room or you know speaker placement type stuff. But right. um, from any of the research I've done, there is an optimal length. You know, based on the cabinet and the the excursion of the woofer and so on, um, but you know, I do know there's adjustable ones out there,
1: right? Yeah, so that that's probably going to end up being a garage speaker at at some point. Um, you know, I I actually painted them red, and it's like a Ferrari red. It looks really nice. cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, my favorite color. Um, so we've uh, we've gone over. Our uh, black, red, and cobalt DAX. We've talked about some, uh, the, the fact that we both use Tidal. Uh, I'm a big fan of Tidal. So you've started listening to another streaming audio source recently? Correct.
1: Yeah. So I got a, um, I, I think it was on Facebook, I got served an ad for Cobus, um, which is also a streaming um, service, which I downloaded and I used it for their trial period, right. which was you know which was really good. The the only thing that I noticed with Kobus is that the search function was a lot more friendlier and it actually found a lot more songs than Title. Tidal. Title search function doesn't seem to be very friendly.
0: Uh, yeah, and you know you and I were talking about this yesterday. Uh, I'll be the first to admit that Title's user interface is not the best. Right. I mean, I love the quality of the the sound. It is a little cumbersome to navigate. It is a little difficult to find the things I'm looking for at times. Um, But the playlists work well. And, you know, once I had the playlist kind of set up the way I wanted, it started building mixes for me of of music it thought that I would like, which is is really kind of handy. I do listen to those occasionally. Right. Um, And I mentioned this to you yesterday. I have built... My top ten audiophile recordings list. Wow! And it's uh, it's been a, a challenge because, like I was telling you yesterday, um, ten songs is not enough. Right. And, and what I'm trying to do is is to keep it to what I think a beginner audiophile would should be listening to. Right. Um, but it's tough because not everybody likes Steely Dan. So I, I can't fill the the list with Steely Dan songs and and Tracks that I know are very well recorded and things that people should listen to because if they don't like the music, it's not it's not going to be helpful to them. So, right. um, so I've got a pretty good mix in there. They're they're all tracks that most audiophiles have heard of or been exposed to. Um, but a, a good list of tracks for that beginner audiophile and and certain um, what to listen for notes. I've started to to put a, uh, an article together for the website which. I'll try and get up in the next couple of weeks, um, but uh, that's, that's something that I've been working on, and I'm, I'm kind of excited to have. I have the list complete finally. I've just got to get it written up for, for everybody, but that'll be on our website soon.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, talking about beginner audiophile, you know, it's one thing that I used to do before is that, you know, even with, when I get into a car, I would take the bass and treble and take it all the way. Right. And now since I I've think come... think a lot
0: of people still do that.
1: Right. And then now since I've come through this journey, and that's exactly the opposite that I don't do. I, I always bring it right in the middle, and there's no uh, exaggerated highs or exaggerated bass um, at all.
0: Yeah, well, you know, the, the end game for any audiophile is to try to get to where the, you're sitting in the studio with the engineer listening to how he intended to have it recorded or, you know, played back and uh, coloring the sound in any way, shape or form, whether it's the cables, the, the speakers, unnecessary components or changing bass and treble um you're impacting what was originally what it was supposed to be right so uh so i agree i generally try to affect everything as little as possible right if if i can
1: yeah definitely it's uh, it's it's very relaxing to listen to music you know i i find it you know some days we have a hard day at work you go home put some music on and you just sitting on the couch and relax and it's uh, it's amazing it, it's very uh sitting therapeutic for the
0: couch with a glass of bourbon
1: oh yeah for sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah definitely same here um all right so we've uh we've touched on the headphones that we listen to we've touched on some dax we touched on your two-channel system um do you want to uh wanna Pete and I's episodes was, uh, a shared, a, a shared playlist. I made a playlist for Pete and you know, he listened to that. We talked about it. He made a playlist for me. I listened to that. We talked about that. Um, so maybe we'll do something like that, or Absolutely. maybe I'll share this top 10 list with you and some of the tracks you've already heard before though. So maybe we'll do, you know, I'll do that for the audience and you and I will do a couple of playlists for each other. Um, yeah, now be great. that you've been into this a little bit more, I'm sure you'll have. I know you made a playlist for me before and earlier on, and I did for you as well. But right. you know, now that we both know each other's tastes a little bit more, we'll. Uh, I'm sure we would come up with different playlists this time.
1: Right. Um, we. I've also done. Um, I, I know. You, you know. We talked about it before, where I, I went in and I spent a lot of time in the car. Um, so I, I went in and upgraded the speaker system in in the car. Oh
0: yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
1: Yeah. So you know I have a 2015 BMW 3 Series, which has the basic sound system um, that came from the factory. It does not have Harman Kardon or anything like that. And um, I I went with a company called Bav Sound, which uh, produces speakers specifically for BMWs, Minis, and and, and I want to say some of the Toyotas also
0: yeah i know they've been around for a while
1: right and uh it it transformed the car audio experience hugely um it, it's uh the speakers are very nicely made um installation was pretty simple um,
0: yeah i think they were all plug and play right all the connectors every were one of them was yeah, yeah. it came yeah. with and the, i had a chance to listen to it and it was i was very impressed and yeah. i think it actually in my opinion was probably better than the harman kardon Upgrade from the factory as well.
1: I think so. Um, I, th- I think I've listened to a few of the different Harman Kardon ones, and and this one sounds fantastic. I want to say that um, I know some of the BMWs come with uh, Bang & Olufsen. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Sixes,
0: sevens. Some yeah. of the uh, higher end cars, you can get the
1: uh, uh, Bowers and Wilkins. Bowers and Wilkins. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And now uh, they. It's. I think it sounds better than that. Um, it. It's pretty amazing what it. Did f- going from you know Bluetooth audio, um, and I don't have Apple CarPlay or anything because the car is an older car, and you know Bluetooth audio going into the factory sound system. I don't have an upgraded amplifier or anything. It's just replace the speakers, and that was uh, that was it. Speakers and the two subwoofers that go under the seats. So very nice. uh,
0: Yeah, I mean it was a, a noticeable improvement, in in uh, you know in my opinion.
1: Right. So yeah, that's uh, that's all the stuff that I've done um, so far. But
0: all right, cool. Well, we're creeping up on thirty-eight minutes here, so I do want to address one thing before we uh, before we wrap it up. Um, Pete will will be more of a guest uh, on the on the uh, podcast going forward. Uh, Pete and I talked the other day about how you know we've been a little sporadic with our recording. It had a lot to do... It, I mean, I have a busy schedule as well, but Pete's schedule has gotten considerably more busy recently. And I think we talked on one of the earlier episodes that uh, Pete's got some contracts with Major League Baseball, uh, uh, professional basketball, and so on. Um, so he's, uh, he's doing uh, artwork for specific athletes, like professional athletes, and uh, his, he's got very little free time and, and now has some contracts I think with uh, Nike and some of these other spe- uh, sneaker manufacturers and stuff. So he's just got a lot going on. It's really hard to catch him. Uh, so Jeff and I will be doing a bunch of episodes here coming up and when Pete does have time he'll be jumping back on and maybe you know all three of us will do an episode here in the future. But I just wanted to let everyone know what's going on with Pete um, he hasn't left the, the podcast he's just just too busy yeah. so, uh, but he'll be back
1: Yeah.
0: alright um, awesome. we'll keep the episode short but we'll be doing these a little more frequently and uh, hope everybody enjoyed don't forget to check out our website audioish.com you can email us at audioishpodcast uh, at gmail.com and uh, we're also on Facebook if you want to hit us up there So thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Thanks, everybody. All right. We'll see you next episode.